Hi, I'm Jill Gaikowski. And I'm Ashley Allison. And today we're talking to Dr. Lisa Avery, board member extraordinaire and all around sweetest person that maybe I've ever met. She's super <laughs> sweet. Super sweet. She's the perfect person to be a pediatrician. She really is. Ashley, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. We're good. ramping up for an event. So busy, busy, busy. I know exciting. the big event. It's going to be confusing because this episode probably won't air until I don't know, January or February, but that's right. We're recording early, but that's okay. Well, um, chief season is chief season is here. It's here. That's hopefully we'll exciting. be talking about playoffs by the time this airs. That would be and amazing. Yes. Right now we're like knee deep, no shoulder deep in prep for our big, huge event, the diaper bowl. So are we feeling good? Are we feeling stressed? How are you feeling? Really good. But it's like, it's like the first time I waitressed in my life and I had a bunch of tables and I felt good about it. And then I realized that I'd forgot a bunch of stuff and they were all mad. I feel like that. Like I'm feeling good, but I'm feeling like maybe I shouldn't be feeling good and I'm missing something. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it's good. I think it's good. I'm excited. I think we'll it's going to be happens. really fun. Yeah. yeah I think it'll be a really fun night. We'll see what happens. And on top of that, I'm um, had to do some work in my bathroom at my house because I don't have enough going on. So let's take that on <laughs> or doing it. But I'm so glad because we discovered that there was mold all behind the tiles in my bathroom, black mold everywhere. Oh no. That was a little terrifying. So I'm, I'm glad that I had to do this project anyway. And now that's gone and taken care of. It's always something. It is always something. Always it's something. always something. <laughs> But okay, let's let everybody listen to Dr. Avery. I'm Dr. Lisa Avery, and my life started 42 years ago in diapers. Hi, Lisa. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I haven't, I feel like I have not really talked to you or seen you. I mean, you, well, let's just say you've been a little bit busy with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. The pandemic's been a little nuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> and your line of work. And um, I mean, I know you're delivering babies and working with babies a lot, but I'm guessing that you have so have been, just been overwhelmed with questions from families and your life has just been turned completely upside down and in a way that a lot of us can't relate to. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of wild. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, kind of navigating that. Luckily, you know, in my line of work in, in general pediatrics and seeing those newborns, I don't deal with a lot of acutely ill COVID patients. So that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be pretty stressful. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so can you well and I want to talk hopefully we'll get into talking a little bit about your work and what you do and how it relates to you know happy bottoms but why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about your early life kind of um you know where you grew up what your family household was like the dynamics um anything you want to share about your your growing right. up experience. Sure. So um, my family, everybody in my family actually was born in Wichita, Kansas, but my dad was um, relocated to Texas. So I was the only one born in Texas. 
Um, and then we wow. moved uh, to Kansas City when I was about two and a half. And pretty much I consider myself a Kansas Cityan. Um, so I'm the youngest of four kids. Um, I have an older brother and two older sisters. Um, so, um, I was raised at home with all my siblings and my mom and my dad. Um, and so I think as the baby of the family, I probably had a lot more leeway than my older siblings did. And so, um, and I, and I kind of did recognize that I got away with a lot more, I think, than the others did. But <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. I'm the baby too. Yeah. So I, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So was it a pretty loving family environment and dynamic and, you know, cookie cutter Midwestern, right? That's kind of what we all it think. It was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. My dad went to work. He worked for like the lumber company for their branch here. And my mom stayed at home with us. And um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a really loving family, kind of like a, what you would kind of think of on TV pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. When did you decide you wanted to uh, become a doctor? So kind of in grade school, I was um, bouncing around between um, doctor or, or teacher. And so the, the further I went in school, the more and more I loved science. And, um, so it kind of led me into the direction of, of healthcare. So, and I always loved babysitting kids and interacting with kids. kind of pediatrics was always at the forefront of my mind on what kind of medicine I wanted to practice. Wow. I think a lot of kids that's on their, you know, list of things they want to be but once they realize how much work and school and time and money is actually involved a lot of people don't make it to the finish line so I congratulate you oh thank you thanks it's kind of there's there's a little bit of safety in being a student for so long where you're kind of there's there's just that little little bit of comfort in just being a chronic student, I guess. So. <laughs> you like school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, well, I think it's pretty impressive that you knew that early, like kind of Ashley, you were saying you knew that early on and you stuck with it. I mean, not many people um, think when they're, you know, I wanted to be a donut maker and a truck driver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay that those things didn't pan out for me, I think. <laughs> Um, so when did you, or when, and how did you really learn about poverty? When did that come into your life? Oh, you know, growing up, my, my parents took us to church every weekend. And so probably the first experiences that I had, um, so through our church, we, um, would, would work the soup kitchen down downtown, um, affiliated with the church once a month. And so, um, every so often I would go with my parents and help, help prepare and, and serve meals and then clean up there. And so that, that was probably my, my first introduction to poverty. And do you think you, has, has your, um, has that changed like what that introduction is to how you're involved in, well, actually, let me back up a couple things. So that's how it started. And obviously mm-hmm. you're on our board. So you are passionate about things and a giver. So is that something that's been a part of your life um, or something, you know, we all get busy and things happen and we're in and out. And then has your view and understanding of poverty changed from that first experience to where you are now? Oh, absolutely. So um, starting in college, I, I worked in a pediatric emergency room in St. Louis. Um, 
that um, saw a lot of Medicaid patients. And, and so, and that was kind of an inner city St. Louis. And so my, my view of the world really expanded at that point. And then once I became a mother, I knew I wanted to, to instill in my kids that they kind of that, that, that givingness and, and understanding that um, not everybody's like us. And so then we started to do some volunteerism and um, and so really it's, it's trying to help reshape my kids' world that really has exploded my, um, hopefully my ongoing better understanding of poverty. I know I'm not, um, I, there's a lot more for me to learn, but, but trying to make them better people has really been inspirational for that. Dr. Avery, I'm not sure how much you can share based on, you know, hippo love or anything, but. Can you, do you have experience with moms who are having their babies who know that it's going to be a huge expense? Do you see any of like the stress that they go through? What kind of, what's that like What for a mom who knows she's getting ready to bring this person into the world and she knows she doesn't have the resources to fully care for that child the, the way that the rest of us may? Yeah, so I, I, I get the opportunity to care for families across all spectrums. And so there, there is for kind of the young moms that that I'm aware that they don't maybe have a whole lot of family support there it's a very different experience even from the beginning in the hospital of um kind of a lot more anxiety it seems like in the beginning um but um it's still joyous for everybody um and then just kind of watching them in the first few weeks that are in our patients that um maybe don't have the most access to resources, you know, the first several months are stressful for everybody. And then you add that layer to it. So, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, um, luckily we have a great, um, social work, um, team at the hospitals and, um, at our office as well. And so I feel like at least on some level, we're able to help provide some support, but I know there's a whole lot more out there that, Mm -hmm. um, they could probably use. So, Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I had resources and family and I was a mess. I I did not handle new baby very well at all. So So I can only imagine that not having family support and resources. Well, I can't imagine actually. I just, I really can't. I think that I would probably go to my doctor's office in tears every week and just be like, I can't do this. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, that's that's got to be hard. My mom helped me when my son was born and I didn't have any experience with babies like I babysitting or anything like that. The first diaper that I actually changed was my son's diaper. So I remember when she left, she lived at the time she lived about an hour away. She left and she was like, she didn't want to leave because I was sitting there crying because I was so scared to be by myself with this baby that, you know, she showed me how to do things and stuff. But I just was, you know, you're scared because you don't know, like, what if something happens and you're not prepared for it? Or she was like, I did not want to leave you that day, but I knew I had to because like she pushed the bird out of the nest, you know, she had to leave so that I could (laughs) figure it out on my own. But I just remember sitting there crying so scared, but it all works out. You, you know, you figure things out. It does. Not, they yeah. don't break as easy as you think they do. <laughs> they, that's so true. That's so true. And I, and I tell families that all the time. So. <laughs> Ashley, my, I remember um, my daughter's dad is very, very good with babies. Thank goodness. But the first day he had to go back to work, I was just like, you know, crying on the inside before he left. And then he left. And I did, I just was like crying all day. 
<laughs> but I'm just, I'm glad that my daughter can now, I just don't like the, you know, they can't tell you what they need or want and that, that I'm just not good with that. So yeah. it's much better now yeah. that she's in a freshman in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we are all leaders in some way. Can you tell us how you are a leader and if there was a defining point or person that led to that? Oh, wow. Um, so probably if this has been more recent than anything. So with um, COVID and our experiences in the office and just knowing how kids can be affected, especially with the Delta variant, I've taken on the role at our office to kind of um, help uh, be part of the, the mask mandates for schools. And so I was able to speak at um, one school board meeting and two county meetings um, for this. And so that was, that's been very empowering. I was, um, I've never been much of a public speaker. And so I've really had to embrace that role um, <laughs> and kind of get over that. Um, and not always the most um, kind crowds. So it's, it's been, been a great learning experience and so hopefully now I can feel empowered to speak on behalf of kids on lots of issues so. that's great did you receive a good reception from the audience because I know there's mixed feelings about the whole thing but was it mostly positive um the first one um we were I I was with a, a colleague and some friends and we were definitely the minority so um it was not well received, um, but uh, but that was a good learning experience. And then the the two other meetings, there were a lot more um, people that agreed with with my side of it, and so those were a lot more positive. But we'll talk about being a leader, right? Doing going against the the grain in that situation or the unpopular opinion when you're in a small group like that is yeah. really hard. And that is really stepping up to be a leader, I think. Um, so kudos to you for doing that. Oh, I know, I'm sure that it has not been easy at all. <laughs> it, it's been challenging, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do you think some of us end up in a pile of it and some of us get out clean? You know, I think, I think it's, unfortunately, where you're born, that that institutional poverty um, and just that generational poverty and institutional racism, sorry, that that really it I mean, it's it's woven into pretty much every fabric of our lives. And so, um, yeah, sometimes opportunities or, or people just just have that that ability to overcome those barriers, but those barriers are huge. And so. I recognize that um, my family situation growing up was um, very empowering to me and it offered a lot of opportunities that a lot of people don't have. So um, unfortunately, I think we have a lot of work to do in, in, uh, in that area. And so. What, um, what do your siblings do? Um, so my brother uh, is an editor for um, the social work magazine out of uh, Washington University in oh, St. Wow. Louis. Um, my sister works in, my older sister works in, um, uh, I'm not quite sure what her role is. I know she's kind of lobbying for like economic development corporation type wow. things at the state level now. 
And then my second oldest sister, the one right above me, she um, works at a retirement community and is a Aww. manager on the kind of the front desk staff there. So that's really nice. Do you guys yeah. still get together and, you know, have family events? Are you all still close now that you're grown? <laughs> a little bit. So my sisters do live here. My brother lives okay. in St. Louis and right. he'll come back occasionally. We're, we've been fairly cautious with COVID just to, right. my mom is in her seventies. And so we've been trying to, to limit our big gatherings to help mm-hmm. protect her, but. Absolutely. It's awesome that you're all involved in helping people in some way there must have you know your parents must have really instilled that in you by going to church and serving and it seems to work if you're all either advocating for directly in contact with people that you can help that's really awesome yeah and it was so my dad passed away about um three years ago and it was really neat at his funeral just to hear everybody talk about um what a kind-hearted person he was and how he would step up and help out all of these people and, and my mom's the same way as well. And so, yeah, they've been very, very inspiring in my life. So, mm. so I'm going to back up too. And, um, can you tell us a little bit about how and why you got involved with happy bottoms and how that relationship started? All right. Sure. So, um, <laughs> One of the other board members, Carrie Stewart, um, I uh, went to high school with her and and middle school. So I happened to run into her and she's like, hey, we're looking for a pediatrician for the for the board. And I was like, okay, well, I bet I could find somebody at the office. (laughs) I was I was (laughs) I was fairly new to the group then. And I and I thought one of the more senior members might do a fantastic job. And then um, so um, nobody else wanted to, or had the, um, time at the moment to step mm-hmm. up. And so, um, that's how I got involved and it's an mm-hmm. awesome organization. It's, it's just, it's so amazing what it, mm-hmm. what happy bottom stands for and, um, everything that you guys do. So, well, and your kiddos were pretty young when they were out of diapers, but still pretty young when you joined the board. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I think Grant was like three or four. Okay. Just out of potty training at the time yeah. and so yeah yeah that's awesome one of the things that we try to communicate to people you know from a marketing standpoint and from a mission standpoint is that you know if families can't afford the diapers sometimes their babies have to sit in diapers for longer than they should do mm-hmm. you see any of the effects of that in your position or do you know doctors who do and what's that look like from a doctor's point of view yeah so it it usually manifests as really nasty diaper rashes and um it with some of those rashes they can be horrible and and these poor babies just like the skin barrier breaks down and so that that puts them at risk for um infections cellulitis and even abscesses and so um, one of the the key treatments in in some of the really nasty diaper rashes is to change the diaper frequently. And if you don't, if you don't have the diapers to begin with, to change it frequently and that, um, that only adds to the problem. And so, um, absolutely. And, and, um, to urinary tract infections, we can see that and especially little girls that they've been sitting in dirty diapers for a while. So it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it, it is, it is. Yeah. I have definitely, um, talked to some nurses in the past who have, um, seen when families come in and clearly are out of diapers and, um, 
have asked, oh, I ran out of diapers. Can, you know, do you have some that I can use their, you know, and their child needs a diaper right then. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. It's just, it's really hard. Like I've, I've said this before. I, um, you know, I was fortunate that when I had a kid, I never had to think about it. I was just like, well, I, I just know I'll have diapers. And, um, so I can't imagine, yeah, not having that resource. What do you most value? I most value my family. I think at the end of the day, everything revolves around them Mm -hmm. and how to keep them happy and healthy and help them to be good people too. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, do you guys get to spend a lot of time together? I guess your kids are still little enough that you're not made. Well, I guess it depends on how involved in things they are, but with COVID, I'm guessing you've gotten to hopefully spend quite a bit more family time together. We have. Yeah. That's been one of the silver linings of all this is that we got to take a step back. We were pretty running pretty harried right before everything started to shut down. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it, it, although it added a lot of stress to our life, COVID did, it really did help bring us closer together as a family. And so Mm, that's nice. That's really nice. Um, how do you think we're all the same? You know, I think we all, um, love our children and want to see what's best, best, best for them and and give them the best things possible. Mm. So, Mm. um, I think we all have that in common. Absolutely. Wow. I don't think I would think of that on a day-to-day basis, but even with all of the opposing sides, no matter what topic it is these days, mm-hmm. that's something I haven't heard. I wish we could all, even when you've got opposing sides, remember that we're all parents trying to do the best for our kids oh, and what we think yeah. is the best for our kids. Yeah. Um, And I think if more people could think of that, maybe we would be a little better at working together to find a solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as we don't assume that the other person or the other side has malintentions, I think there's Mm -hmm. a place for reconciliation or agree to disagree, but we just can't assume that the other person has bad intentions just because their position might be different. Mm -hmm. That's something that we really need to do a better job communicating and acting out on our own and setting the example for. So bravo to you for attending the meetings. And even when you were talking about people on the other side, you had a big smile on your face and nothing negative said. So you, you're, you're doing a good job. Thank you. (laughs) Definitely. Um, So can you tell me something in your life that's grown out of a personal disaster? Um, so you're talking about kind of that sustained drive to complete medical school and become a doctor. So when my, um, my sister is, um, three and a half years older than me. And so she, um, got pregnant right after she graduated from high school. And, um, so she gave birth to Andrew when I was in eighth grade. Um, and so, um, she, uh, was a single mom raising him at home with, with us. Wow. So I still was living with my parents. And so she lived with us too. And so did Andrew. And so watching kind of her struggles as a single mother. And then when he was four, he, um, was diagnosed with a brain tumor, um, and ultimately mm-hmm. died, um, 
oh, after wow. two weeks after he turned five. And so just kind of that, that's been the most pivotal life experience that's kind of shaped um, kind of my career, how I raised my family, and even to this day, how we still all interact as, with, with my own brothers and sisters and, and parents. It's shaped out of that. I'm so sorry to hear that. I can't imagine. So how old were you when he passed away? I was, um, 20, 20 years old. Yeah. So he, I was in just barely in college. And so I was able to come home for the semester when he passed away and spend more time with them. Mm. Cause he was probably like a brother to you. He almost. was. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted a little brother and he, yeah. he came around <laughs> eventually. So. <laughs> oh, I bet that did shape, um, just about everything in your life. I can't imagine mm-hmm. how it wouldn't yeah. have. That's yeah. Well, plus as, as a doctor, if you have to have a difficult conversation with a parent or an aunt or a sister, you, can kind of understand where they're coming from and understand the pain behind a situation like that. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure that's valuable to the people that you're in communication with. I hope so. I hope because I I got to witness a lot of good, good ways to do it. Um, And luckily we didn't have to endure a lot of the bad ways to do it. So yeah. Yeah. Now was he uh, the first diaper you changed? Um, did you, did you, did you get put on diaper duty? I did. Yes. Okay. No. So I, <laughs> I started babysitting when I was 11 and I know that oh, wow. sounds crazy because my daughter's almost 12 now and I, I can't imagine letting her babysit. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, it was a know, different time, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when I started changing diapers while babysitting, I mean, I would go through two diapers at a time. I would essentially use one diaper as the, the changing table mat. And then, yeah, it was, it was horrible. I, oh I went through gosh. tons of diapers. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. You too. Nice All to meet Lisa. Nice to meet you too. Bye. Bye. Dr. Lisa Avery. What a sweetheart. She is. She's a real asset to our board because she sees, you know, our clients. Absolutely. At, you know, at the point that they're becoming mothers and fathers and caregivers. So mm-hmm. she's got a great, you know, insight into what they go through and how we can help them. Well, I can't imagine, and I'm sure it's hard to even explain when she was talking about um, seeing moms delivering who have no support and who have no family and I can't imagine as a doctor walking in and I'm sure you I'm sure that's immediately recognizable right because there's nobody else there um and I I I don't know I just can't imagine how heartbreaking that is to see and you know to deal with but I know that hospitals have resources and things in place to help them and you know, Happy Bottoms partners with hospitals to make sure they know they can get diapers. But um, I just can't imagine how lonely it would be to have a child with no support and no resources. It's heartbreaking. And I'm sure that the doctors, you know, kind of take on some of the responsibility that, you know, your mom sitting beside you would, Mm -hmm. would do reassuring you showing you how to do things. That's Mm-hmm. You know, something that they take on since there's no support there. So you got to have right. the right 
people and she seems like just the right person to be able to assist somebody. And then we both talked about how we go home and cry, cried, cried about it when somebody <laughs> left us. But like, imagine leaving the hospital with zero support, zero family. Yep. Figure it out. I just can't yeah. imagine. <laughs> Well, if I had a baby today, it's been so long, I would do this exact same thing. I would still be terrified because <laughs> I've blacked all of that out of my memory and I'm starting over again. That's funny. So you're not a baby person either. I am not a baby person. Does it stress you out or what? Tell me what, why that is. I'll tell you why I'm not a baby person, but I want to hear why you're not a baby person. Well, I don't get necessarily a lot of joy holding a baby. I'm just anxious about it. Yeah. Like I don't get any, I feel like I'm holding them awkwardly in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. I, if they start, they, they always start crying when I hold them because right. I don't do it right. So I just know that's going to happen. And then I'm going to have to awkwardly hand them back to their parents. <laughs> so I just, I'm like, oh, it's cute, but I'm, I'm good. But I'm I don't good. hold people's good babies unless I'm forced to. Some yeah. people force you like, hold the baby. <laughs> but I don't unless, you know, unless it comes down to their I do love the new baby smell. Like I loved smelling Riley's head. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's nothing like that. I love that. There really isn't. But yeah, it it is just more that, that upset crying. If they're just asleep and it's my baby and I'm holding them, or maybe even if it's another baby, if they're just asleep and not going to move or cry or fuss, I can do that. But they're they're babies. That's not what they do. They move and they cry and they fuss. So It's, and hard. it's hard to soothe. It's like trying a million things to figure it out. And I never uh-huh. could figure it out with my son. I would, yeah, hey, I was like a crazy person just trying to <laughs> entertaining him, different <laughs> sing songs and like move my eyes in crazy positions. Oh like, my gosh. Right at all. Yeah, Riley had colic. So we did a lot of um, like I would turn the blow dryer on and just leave it running for hours and hours or the vacuum or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, just please stop crying. Put him in the car seat, drive him around, even yeah. if it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that must drive be where we both have only one child. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Because I knew, like, my husband at the time worked a ton, so he was no help at all. Yeah, so I knew same, it was all, it was all me, so I was yeah. like, I can't do this by myself again. Uh, no, it's not fun. Gosh. <laughs> but some people love it. I wish I loved it. I really yeah. I wish I loved it. Yeah, I have a friend who loves it. I mean, she had five, and they all range from, you know, baby to, like, college. And it's just like, ah, I just love being pregnant, loves yeah. the whole entire thing. And I who, you know, good, good for the, good for her. Yeah. There's gotta be people like that, but it's just not me. I didn't like being pregnant either. Like, no, I don't want to do anything either. socially where people are drinking wine. It's just gonna make me bitter. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. That's too funny. Uh, well, on that note, it's almost the weekend. So hopefully you can enjoy and have an adult beverage and, I'm going to try and get some sunshine as the days are getting shorter and shorter. Yes. Soak in some friend time and I can't wait. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm really excited for the weekend. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, um, we'll see everybody at the next one. Bye. Bye.